0: Hey, y'all. This week, I've got something a little different for you. It's a podcast called History Uncovered. And I'm going to play y'all an episode that they recently did that explores the Mothman. Because, y'all, it's the Mothman, and (laughs) right? But, look, this show covers all kinds of stuff. It's produced by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, which is a website that explores all things weird and bizarre in the natural world and the world past. And so History Uncovered has had episodes on folks like Nikola Tesla and Bass Reeves to a deep dive multi-part series about the Titanic, as well as some classic true crime and mysteries, stuff like that, just really wide assortment of topics. Now, y'all, we'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Southern Gothic. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this one. It's called The Mothman and the Silver Bridge Collapse.
2: On December 15, 1967, tragedy struck the Silver Bridge connecting Point Pleasant, West Virginia and Gallipolis, Ohio. It was a late afternoon rush hour. Dozens of cars were packed bumper to bumper up and down the length of the bridge. Then, without warning, the Silver Bridge collapsed into the Ohio River. 31 vehicles plunged into the frigid water below, taking 64 people down with them. Of those 64, 46 lost their lives that day and two of the bodies were never found. But this strange and sudden tragedy became all the more bizarre when witnesses soon reported having seen a mysterious creature in the region surrounding Point Pleasant leading up to the disaster. The creature was described as standing roughly seven feet tall with large red glowing eyes. Locals came to call this creature the Mothman, and the day of the Silver Bridge collapse was not the first time he had been spotted. In fact, the first sighting of the Mothman came just over one year earlier, when gravediggers working in a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia spotted what they described as a, quote, brown human being soaring over their heads, moving rapidly from tree to tree. Three days later, two couples in Point Pleasant noticed a white-winged creature, about six or seven feet tall, standing in front of the car they were all sitting in. Two of the witnesses later claimed that the beast had bright red eyes about six inches apart, a 10-foot wingspan and that it, apparently, wanted to avoid their car's bright headlights. The witnesses also claimed that the Mothman could fly at staggering speeds, possibly as fast as 100 miles per hour, as it chased their car along the road to the outskirts of town before flying off into a nearby field. Journalists, meanwhile, were skeptical. They referred to the alleged Mothman as either a bird or simply a large creature, though a few did report one witness's claims that it was, quote, like a man with wings. It didn't take long, however, for more stories of the Mothman to begin circulating. Within a week of the first claims, the Gettysburg Times reported eight additional sightings, including two volunteer firefighters who claimed to have seen, quote, a very large bird with large red eyes. A man named Newell Partridge, who lived in the nearby town of Salem, West Virginia, said he too had an encounter with the Mothman. He claimed that strange patterns had appeared on his television screen one night when he heard an odd noise outside his house. Aiming a flashlight in the direction of the sound, he saw two red eyes like bike reflectors staring back at him. And then shortly after, his dog disappeared. To this day, stories of the Mothman hold a chilling place in the history of Point Pleasant. Many continue to speculate that the Mothman may have been a harbinger. Warning the residents of Point Pleasant about the impending doom of the Silver Bridge collapse. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Austin Harvey.
1: And I'm all-interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga.
2: And today, we are diving into the disturbing story surrounding the Mothman of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I think everyone's at least a little bit familiar with the Mothman, at least conceptually, right?
1: I had never... I mean, I knew... I'd seen it mentioned on the site, but I don't know very much about it at all, to be okay. honest.
2: Okay, To so kind of just give you like a brief description of what it—I mean, it's a—it's a big moth man, right? Like, mm. it's—it's it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a big seven-foot-tall-ish creature with glowing red eyes that was purportedly seen around the Point Pleasant, West Virginia area in the late 1960s. There were some very early sightings. The initial one was two grave diggers working at a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia. Oh, creepy. Yeah, they said they saw it darting above them in the trees, this like massive kind of hairy looking creature. But Hmm. the sighting that everybody kind of refers to when we talk about the first sighting happened on november 15th 1966 Uh, two couples roger and linda scarberry and steve and mary mallett were driving together along state route 62 near the abandoned national guard armory and power plant when they saw what they said was a six to seven foot tall creature standing in the road in front of them they said the creature's eyes were glowing red, and that it just rose straight up in the air like a helicopter. Creepy. Yeah, I mean, just it's not a natural movement for any kind of bird or anything to just go. I guess maybe like a hummingbird; they can float in place. They're the only bird. Yeah, you know, they makes
1: can me do think that. of like stuff from like that show Supernatural, how so, like the mm-hmm. demons would move.
2: Roger, the driver, was naturally startled and panicked and sped off towards town. And they said that the creature then took to the skies, and followed them along the road, Mm. uh, reaching speeds of possibly 100 miles per hour. Wow. The other interesting thing is that they described the creature on the ground as a, quote, clumsy runner, saying that it was a lot faster and more agile in the air, but once they got close to town, it landed in a nearby field and scurried off in a very clumsy manner.
1: Less frightening then.
2: Yeah, a little bit less scary.
1: Clumsy. yeah
2: (laughs) yeah the next day the point pleasant registry the local newspaper ran the headline couple sees man-sized bird creature something
1: (laughs) i love that headline something
2: i wish i could write headlines like that
1: right we should start we should redo how we how we do headlines on the site more exclamation points
2: archaeologists find something something. (laughs) naturally the word got around pretty quickly people in the town were very frightened um, and because this is in America, they reacted how Americans do by grabbing their rifles and <laughs> walking around looking for the beast. Uh. All the local dads in the neighborhood telling their kids to stay home. Kids and wives like, get inside, shut the doors. <laughs> get a little dad squad <laughs> Get my going. rifle. Yeah.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> when in uh. doubt, call the dad squad.
1: I wouldn't work against a cryptid, like... obviously guns will do nothing
2: well maybe i don't know
1: i don't know i think
2: all cryptids are different right
1: that's true that's true
2: so i don't know silver bullet or what kills moths bug spray
1: (laughs) yeah i think i was thinking of um the jackalope which is like that bunny i think that's the bunny with the antlers i'm pretty sure they're impervious to
2: bullets yeah they're also very fake what yeah do you no know the story way. of the jackalope i Not do know to... the story okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: we've written about it yeah
2: it's yes. just taxidermy that's all it is
1: i know <laughs> they're still cool
2: <laughs> they are cool i like this i like the story behind them but yeah they are just they are just taxidermy the story
1: is really funny it's like that they like love whiskey and they like to sing and <laughs> yeah. all this crazy stuff
2: yeah and it was just like a couple of like young like i don't know like early teenage boys who stitched this thing together and brought it into a local tavern and were like yeah. here do you want to hang this up on your wall
1: I think the stories like these guys were hunting and they'd hunted rabbits and deer and one of them like threw the rabbit on the ground and it landed near like antlers and they're like huh that's funny and then they
2: <laughs> we can make some money on that
1: make some money off of it yeah, yeah well
2: they weren't wrong <laughs> but anyway as as it goes with stories like this once the proverbial dam is broken Floods of Mothman sightings started popping up all around the Point Pleasant area, and a lot of this was chronicled in the 1975 book The Mothman Prophecies, written by paranormal journalist John Keel, which we can get into John Keel's credibility here in a minute. (laughs) Oh. Oh, okay. But in his book, John Keel chronicled an encounter from this man named Neville Partridge, who said that he also had an experience with The Mothman. Partridge, said that his dog, a German shepherd named Bandit, had taken off into the woods chasing something that had two glowing red eyes. When Partridge went to look for Bandit, the trail stopped abruptly, and he found a small trail of pawporns going in circles and then just seemingly disappearing.
1: Oh, so Bandit disappeared.
2: Yeah, well, presumably it got abducted by the mob. Oh,
1: oh, oh, no. It was a
2: nice little doggy dinner oh later that night partridge said that he saw two glowing red eyes outside of his home after hearing a strange noise but could not find the source of them he also said that his television set began making strange symbols oh right before this incident happened huh i'll I'll get into the john keel stuff a little bit now because john keel was in point pleasant at the time All this was going on. He stayed there for several years and was like chronicling the alleged encounters with the Mothman and (laughs) Entertainment Weekly interviewed Keel and the director of the 2002 adaptation of his book, which was also called Mothman Prophecies, Mm -hmm. starring Richard Gere. Oh,
1: wow. The guns.
2: Yeah. Uh, Director Mark Pellington told Entertainment Weekly at the time that the movie is really very fictionalized. He said, maybe it would have been more accurate to say inspired by true events rather than based on true events. Anyway, you're talking about events that were originally questioned as to whether they were truthful or not. So what we have here is like a contested story among the people already, right? Whether or not Mothman is real. And then John Keel's story, which is supposed to be the true experience of everybody in town, might have also taken some creative liberties. The book came out in 1975, so this is eight years After everybody had seen Mothman, um, he included some hard to verify claims in the book, including his own experience or his own alleged experience, saying that he was warned in advance of the impending doom of the Silver Bridge collapse via mysterious phone calls from different kinds of voices that coincided with the Mothman sightings, hence the title of the book, The Mothman Prophecies.
1: Wow. One thing that's really interesting is that the Mothman apparently can use technology. That seems unusual.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Keel was claiming the Mothman was calling him or just that it happened to coincide. Um, And we can get into it in a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people kind of consider sightings of the Mothman to be like bad omens, or like that Mothman himself is a harbinger of doom. At the time, this was this is a 2002 article. Keel was 72 years old at the time, and he told Entertainment Weekly, "I was called by all kinds of voices. They would give me information. They would give me prophecies that came true. It was a very scary time." <laughs> he says at the same time that he had. Vague advance warnings about the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy and that the voices also warned him of impending trouble for Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin.
1: Wow, boy.
2: Yeah, I will say. Voices knew a lot of stuff. (laughs) It's very easy to make that claim when these events have already happened and you're being Mm -hmm. interviewed about them or when the book you wrote on the Mothman came out Nearly a decade after the sightings and yeah. the Silver Bridge collapse, so
1: wow, well, sixties are wild, wild time.
2: That's true. This is uh, <laughs> this is Woodstock era. So yeah, maybe he was hearing voices.
1: Maybe he was. <laughs>
2: It was in December of 1967, the same year or about a year after the initial Mothman sighting that the infamous incident to alliterate happened. It was the Silver Bridge collapse that happened on December 15th, 1967. The Silver Bridge collected Point Pleasant, West Virginia to Galapolis, Ohio. Yeah, it was rush hour traffic. It was basically at a near standstill with cars just kind of bumper to bumper all along the bridge when it just suddenly collapsed out of nowhere. Oh, gosh. 31 vehicles in total fell into the Ohio River when the bridge collapsed. That comprised a total of 64 people, 46 of whom died and Mm. nine of whom were injured.
1: Wow. That's amazing that you would survive that.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Of the 64 people who fell in, nine of them made it out without a scratch. And two of them were just never found.
1: It's... We have an article about the the bridge collapse and everything. And I saw pictures when I was prepping a little before the recording and like the cars were crushed. So it's amazing that anyone could escape with their life.
2: I mean, yeah, you think about it. You have how much does the average car weigh? A couple thousand pounds, Well, that was an interesting part
1: of the article. They said cars when the bridge was built weighed 1,500 pounds. But by the time they were going across the bridge, they were 3,000. By the time it collapsed, they were 3,000 pounds. So
2: yeah. So pretty much doubling the weight limit that they had ever expected.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, but
2: and then you think about all these three thousand pound cars crumbling into each other, and yeah, sort of starts <sighs> to make sense because it's yeah. I mean, it's not like the the term collapsing for the bridge almost makes you think that it just kind of went like like straight mm-hmm. down, but it's like really it broke and everything funneled into one spot.
1: Yeah, ugh, awful.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's a scary situation, and then. Of course, this coincides with the Mothman sightings. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. Mm -hmm. So with this hysteria around the Mothman going on for a year preceding this event, people, whether truthfully or not, began to tell stories that they had seen the Mothman perched on top of the Silver Bridge in the moments leading up to the collapse. That led to further speculation that the Mothman had been a harbinger of doom or that it had been there to basically warn people in Point Pleasant that some sort of disaster was about to strike. All of this backed up by the fact that shortly after the bridge collapsed, sightings of the Mothman started to die down pretty much right away. Hmm. So, I mean, if you go to Point Pleasant today, they have like a whole, it's very, very Mothman centric. I bet they have a statue to the Mothman and a whole museum and
1: a museum and a whole museum. Wow.
2: The Mothman Museum.
1: I'd like to go there. That sounds interesting because I yeah. can't quite imagine how that could fill an entire museum. But I bet yeah. there's
2: well, they apparently have other things there as well. As I learned recently, a copy of Project Blue Book is there, which. Oh,
1: that's right. Well, yeah. yeah. It
2: was a government project that looked into UFOs and paranormal phenomena, which I believe we have an article about on the website.
1: Yeah. People don't think Mothman was an alien, do they?
2: Uh, I, Not that I'm aware of. I think generally we classify it as a cryptid. a cryptid, though, according to some descriptions, some people have also referred to it as a supernatural manifestation. Alien is a possible theory there. Hmm. Some people have said alien.
1: I I just thought of that because of the Blue Book thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, Project Blue Book largely looked into UFO stuff. West Virginia, also kind of a hotbed for paranormal and UFO investigations in general. Hmm. Curious. So it it makes sense that they would look into it. It might just be one of those things, like you said, how do you have an entire museum dedicated to the Mothman? I was like, you don't. You throw other similar things in there as well, just to keep people interested.
1: Right. Huh. I still would like to see it. That sounds cool.
2: Yeah, definitely. I should also mention that so even though the Mothman was not seen again in Point Pleasant, it's not the last time the Mothman was ever seen. Shortly after, according to a Georgian newspaper that I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of. This
1: is Georgia the country, not Georgia. Georgia.
2: Yes. Yes. Georgia the country, not Georgia the state. But according to this Georgian newspaper, Russian UFOlogists, ufologists claimed that there had been a series of Mothman sightings in the late 1990s in the months leading up to the 1999 Russian apartment bombings, which was. Series of explosions that hit four apartment blocks in Boynotsk, Moscow, and Volgodonsk.
1: This was these were bombings then in
2: three different cities. In three different cities in Russia. But there were f- okay. f- like four apartment blocks in total okay, across see. these three cities. So yeah, th- I I couldn't find any other evidence to support that claim other than this Georgian newspaper, but that reportedly occurred. And then in 2016, so we're getting very recent with this now. The local news station WCHS published a report with the title, quote, Man Photographs Creature That Resembles Legendary Mothman of Point Pleasant. This man said he had been driving along State Route 2 in Point Pleasant when he snapped several photos of a creature jumping from tree to tree. A lot of locals believed it looked like the Mothman and panic spread that maybe some other terrible tragedy was about to happen. Hmm
1: hmm well when in 2016 was it <laughs> <Cena>? <laughs> that's a good question that's funny <laughs>
2: uh, other people have come forward like from the scientific community to say that maybe it was just an owl that he photographed hmm. which also makes sense owls can get pretty big i believe as we've talked about before
1: oh yeah i was gonna bring that up later maybe yeah, or I can bring it up now, but it's like we talked about that with Kelly Hopkinsville, which is an alien encounter alleged, right. I Should say, um, where one of the theories was that it was a barred owl dive bombing them, and their eyes can sometimes glow. And da da da.
2: Right. I have a theory. Well, not about this, but about what the Jersey Devil might be. But it also, you ever seen a horse-headed bat? <laughs> you ever seen what these look like? Mm-hmm. We do no. have we have an article on the site about horse-headed bats as well. But when you look at the descriptions that people have of the Jersey Devil, they describe it as a horse-headed thing with bat wings and goat hooves. And if you look hmm. at a horse-headed bat, there's a reason it's called. Or maybe, or sorry, it's a hammer-headed bat, not a horse-headed bat. Oh,
1: I was like, that's such an yeah. evocative name for a bat, horse-headed, yeah,
2: it's a hammer-headed bat. But let's be real; it looks like it has a horse head. Hmm. Um. And All they right. get they get pretty big. So just Sounds saying,
1: scary. my yeah.
2: personal theory. Yeah, they have a three foot wingspan. So, I mean, that's like Ugh. fairly large. Don't they like are that. weird looking creatures. And if you saw one in the early 1900s and you lived near the Pine Barrens, you might think it was kind of devilish looking. Just so. yeah.
1: I would still think that if I saw it today.
2: Yeah, they're very weird looking. So, it, not out of the possibility that someone might have just seen an owl, a very big owl, snapped a couple of blurry photographs and said, It's the Mothman. Hmm. That also was not the last time. Anyone reportedly saw the Mothman, though, or a Mothman, if there's more than one. In 2019, more sightings of the Mothman surface, but this time it was in Chicago. There was an NPR inquiry titled The Case of the Chicago Mothman at the time, and I tried to find it, and it's no longer available online. Oh. So that was unfortunate. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, the Chicago Tribune also reported on these alleged Chicago Mothman sightings, though. Witnesses said very similar things. They said it had glowing red eyes that they felt a sense of dread when they looked at it. Between April and July of 2019, there were more than 20 sightings of the Chicago Mothman.
1: Wow, that's a lot of sightings.
2: In just a few months. Yeah. April to July, three months, three months, four, if you count each of them, like April, June, May, April, May, June, July, four months, I guess, total.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
2: talking on average five sightings a month.
1: In 2019,
2: though, I mean, that's, like, recent.
1: Do you know where they, how these, Things were reported. People were just saying it like online. I'm just, I wonder.
2: I don't know. I mean. this was collected. The Chicago data. Tribune interviewed one of the witnesses. Hmm. So, I mean, it's not like it was just a rumor yeah. board or like a Reddit thread. Like people were apparently talking about this pretty frequently. Wow. Huh. Yeah. The witness they interviewed said, I felt like this thing could see right through me. Read me. It knew what I was thinking. Like it could stare right into my very soul. It was the most oh, terrified I've ever been in my life.
1: Wow. So, all right I, it's
2: i mean that's scary i i can't think of any major big tragedies that happened in chicago in 2019 chicago experienced its most violent weekend of 2019 with 52 shootings and 10 deaths in june in june? june yeah usa today reported june 3rd most violent weekend in chicago with but uh, that's
1: bad that's not good
2: you know i mean like there's a lot of shooting and crime and whatnot constantly going on not just in Chicago and all parts of the world compared to like the Silver Bridge collapse I don't think it's quite on the same it's not like level. a huge
1: focused sort of
2: right not like calamity. one yeah one calamitous event or anything so mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I don't know if it's the same sort of situation or if it was the same creature or if it was just an owl or whatever but hey four, four years ago Mothman's apparently still alive and well
1: so that was the last sighting, last known sighting. That was the last, last known documented sighting. sighting, right? Yeah. 2019. So we're due for one.
2: Yeah.
1: 2016,
2: 2019. The, the gaps are strange. We have the late 60s to the late 90s and then another mm-hmm. like two decades to 2016 and then just three years later. Yeah. Though, the, again, the 2016 one's sort of iffy because uh-huh. it was a guy in Point Pleasant who just took a photo that might have been a, an owl. So if we rule that one out, we go late 60s, late 90s, 2019.
1: Are his photos online? Um that looks like that's that's weird.
2: It it, it doesn't it an owl, quite but look like an owl because it doesn't have like legs
1: are so long.
2: It has distinct legs.
1: But owls, like if you see an owl that's like a wet owl, it has really weird legs too. That's true. That's weird, though. That, that's like a person who's flying. It's a pretty good picture. Yeah, I guess owls
2: do have pretty distinct rear legs. Yeah. The problem is it's like it's so blurry. You can't tell if it has talons or just like feet like man feet.
1: Yeah. And it's like at night.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is a weird looking photograph, to be fair.
1: I've never seen. I mean, I've seen owls fly before and they don't look like that. But... It also, look.
2: Yeah, it looks like it's like falling. <laughs> like, yeah. Its Wings are stretched out directly in front of it.
1: It's like he's like leaping more than flying.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. It is a weird photo. It's a weird photo. But if we don't count that one, just for the sake of my point, um, (laughs) it seems like it was like two or three decades between the first and that the reported Russian one. Similar, slightly shorter amount of time between the Russian one and these 2019 Chicago sightings. So
1: when was the gravedigger? When did they see the?
2: That was in 66.
1: Oh, so it was the 60s still. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was technically the first sighting. It would be November 12th, 1966. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, uh, obviously, this story has like captivated people for the better part of almost 60 years at this point. And like I mentioned earlier, especially in Point Pleasant, the Mothman is massive. It's... It's to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, what the aliens are to Roswell, New Mexico.
1: Hmm. It's
2: the reason you would go to visit there. Because why would you ever go to Roswell otherwise, right? Right. No offense to the people of Roswell. It's just there's not a touristy reason to go there other than to see all the UFO stuff. And a very similar thing with Point Pleasant. They have every year on the third weekend in September, a Mothman festival. They have a permanent statue of the Mothman up. They have the Mothman Museum, which opened in 2006 thanks to Point Pleasant native Jeff Wamsley. It is an like a showcase, basically, of all the archival material he assembled, including police reports and witness accounts and apparently the text of Project Blue Book.
1: Wow. I just love the people who have, like, passions are like, I'm going to open a museum and, like, put all this stuff. That's great. I'm for that.
2: Yeah, me too. I mean, it's great business for him. Uh, Yeah. And the dude's like obsessed with Mothman. He wrote two books about it. The first Mothman Facts Behind the Legend and Mothman Behind the Red Eyes.
1: Wow. That's amazing because I feel like I mean, I guess there was probably more information out there, but it feels like there's hardly enough for like one book. Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Right. But I guess if you have all of the. Police reports, all of the different witness accounts, and you're going into detail on them. He also lives in Point Pleasant, so it's likely that he's able to get interviews with people who are still alive from back then.
1: Sure, yeah. You could tie in like other local things to your book, probably, Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh,
2: I I do question. I want to read them. I do question what the two books would contain that's different between them. The titles don't really tell you much. Facts Behind the Legend.
1: Behind the red eyes,
2: and then just Mothman behind the red eyes. Hmm. The second one sounds like it would be like a fictional book,
1: kind of, or like a, like a really um like a tell-all like autobiography <laughs> or something,
2: <laughs> featuring interviews with the Mothman himself. Uh, yeah,
1: like behind so red Mothman, eyes. Mothman,
2: Mothman, <laughs> Mothman tell us <laughs> what drew you to Point Pleasant in the first place, and he's just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like oh I can't understand you, I don't speak Moth.
1: Yeah, move over Britney Spears. Is the next big thing?
2: Mothman learns sign language to communicate.
1: He's—I mean—he can communicate through through televo- telephones and TVs. Apparently, apparently, so, yeah,
2: yeah. That you know, claim is very strange. John Keel saying that—I mean—it it clearly extends. That's what's so interesting about it, is he calls it the Mothman prophecies, yet. These voices also warned him, apparently, about the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Kennedy, uh, the deaths of Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. So it's like, did Mothman tell you all this stuff or is he just saying he has these weird psychic interactions Yeah, and was also in Point Pleasant at the time and thinks the Mothman predicted it?
1: And chose not to do anything about these messages that he that's received. the other
2: thing right like if you if you can tell the future or these things are telling you and you maybe the first one you don't right you get a phone call it's like oh you look out martin luther king jr's gonna and you don't listen to it because you're like that was weird and then it happens yeah. maybe we start taking it a little bit seriously then
1: yeah but then who's gonna believe you too right yeah it seems like the start of a movie
2: yeah i was gonna say that's when you start investing in like certain stocks <laughs>
1: right <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, getting back to Mothman and Point Pleasant. Like I said, it's sort of like Roswell type tourism. Have you ever heard of this term dark tourism? Mm -mm, No. Uh, There's actually a really great show on Netflix. I believe it only had a season or two called Dark Tourist. The idea is that rather than going to regular tourist attractions or like you know, happy places and taking vacations at like uh in Rome and going to see the Colosseum or going to the Louvre in France or uh seeing the Lower- Leaning Tower of Pisa or whatever it may be, these very touristy things, you're rather going to the sites of like tragedies, ancient mysteries, paranormal hotbeds. Huh. So tourism with like a, ma- a macabre twist to it. It's very fascinating. That includes stuff like, The Guanajuato mummies that are in Mexico. Oh, sure, yeah. We we have stuff on the site about going there. Yeah, because it's morbid and it's creepy, but it's also fascinating and enlightening and historical. And so Point Pleasant has become sort of a hotbed for that kind of thing because of Mothman, but also, like I said, UFOs are a really big thing in West Virginia, apparently. So are the Men in Black, which I find very fascinating. And Wait,
1: the Men in Black are also in West
2: Virginia? they have been spotted in West Virginia. Oh. And Gray Barker, the guy who wrote They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, the book on the Men in Black, also wrote about the Mothman in the late 60s.
1: Hmm. Just to refresh, the Men in Black are the guys who come after UFO sightings and are like, stay quiet. Yes.
2: Very different from the movie. (laughs) <laughs> where they're yeah. much more heroic the the purported real life men in black are much more intimidating and mm-hmm. seek to silence witnesses. Wow
1: interesting I know that they were also in West Virginia.
2: Yeah whether that's I mean legitimate or not it's very hard to find real evidence of the men in black because either it's all fake or they're very good at their jobs but right. dark <laughs> tourists who go to West Virginia do so because there have been a brevi of UFO sightings and incidents and encounters with the men in black, in addition to the Mothman, which I guess would explain partly why the Project Blue Book files are at the Mothman Hmm. Museum.
1: Wow. Where would you go if you were to go somewhere as a dark tourist?
2: Ooh, I don't know. I have to like see what kind of things people consider there's the paris catacombs
1: oh yeah i tried to go there twice and both times i went the line was so long that i just gave up makes sense
2: did you ever see the movie as above so below Mm-mm, no a found footage horror movie that takes place in the paris catacombs mm, no i don't like that oh it's very good i watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago uh what's his name the main dude from the sitcom superstore is in it as well
1: uh was he also in Mad Men, that guy? I think so. Maybe. There's you know there's catacombs in a cemetery in Brooklyn, and my friend is going next, maybe it's this weekend. They only do tours in the fall. And yeah. it's after hours, it's at 6 PM. And they take you down to the catacombs. And I was like, oh, that sounds so cool.
2: That's spooky. That's fun.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm jealous.
2: Let's see. Um, this blog, Forever Lost in Travel, has recommended 20 unique dark tourism sites from around the world. Alcatraz. Hmm. Mm. Gravenstein Castle in Belgium, the silver mines in Bolivia, Chernobyl, <laughs> the Chernobyl exclusion zone in Ukraine. It's pretty
1: dark, yeah.
2: Paris catacombs, Lenin mausoleum in Russia, Tiananmen Square, Bodhi ghost town in California, hmm. uh, Auschwitz, Guanajuato money museum, the House of Terror in Budapest.
1: Wow, I think we should like write about some of these things. I haven't heard of them.
2: Yeah, these are very, very terror? fascinating. Yeah. Um, we highly recommend the Dark Tourist show. In one episode, they went to, I believe it was in Japan. It was because they went into like a highly radiated area where the fallout of the atomic bombs could still be felt. Mm. And they had to they had like a device to monitor radiation with them. And at a certain point, it got very scary with how high the radiation levels were.
1: Oh, wow. Yikes. That's it was dangerous.
2: In, it was in Fukushima.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 that kind of stuff that like the macabre side of tourism. But I do find it very fascinating.
1: Yeah, that is cool.
2: Uh, it was Battleship Island, which was once the most densely populated place on Earth and is now just in ruins maybe
1: yeah ruins can be cool uh to see
2: i mean highly radiated ruins of an old city L- that's cool i <laughs> wouldn't
1: do that no <laughs> yeah
2: apparently nuclear tourism is its own thing as well which kind of rolling the dice on that one but
1: in a past life i was a travel writer and i interviewed for a job once i won't name the company but they they do like tours and like places you're not supposed to go to and they were like, well, how do you feel about like breaking the rules? Like if Chernobyl, you're not supposed to go in, like, how would you feel about leading a tour there? And I was like, um, <laughs> um
2: yeah, <laughs>
1: don't get in trouble with, uh, you know, people. And I guess there, Chernobyl's in Ukraine, right? So I wouldn't want to get in trouble with people in Ukraine. Uh, right. So not great. Also, not don't
2: want to go into Chernobyl.
1: I'd be kind of curious to go in, but I don't know. I wouldn't lead an illegal tour into it
2: yeah yeah it's a little sketchy
1: yeah a little bit
2: hey there i'm dylan lewis one of the hosts of motley fool money each weekday on motley full money we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on wall street on weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together, through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups. And trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000. And it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com slash bark.
2: That's, uh, I mean, that's all I have to say about the Mothman. There, like I said, it's a cryptid story, so there's not any definitive proof one way or another. Mm. I don't know if you saw just in cryptid news, someone on a train passing through colorado purportedly got a video of bigfoot
1: yes i did see that well and alec just posted in slack about the president of mexico i think just posted a
2: yeah picture
1: of a cryptid an alleged cryptid
2: yeah what's going on in mexico this year between this and the alien corpses or whatever that's the alien right anomalies. oh
1: yeah i'm trying to remember what i knew something else had happened that was like weird mexico yeah that's yeah. right something's going on something's very going strange on in Mexico. <laughs> Yeah. Um when it comes to Mothman, I'll reiterate what I said. I feel like this is the kind of thing that could be explained by big old owl. It's going to be my go-to yeah. these cryptid stories. Owls apparently are really weird and creepy and their eyes can flash red and they'll attack you and they look really big sometimes.
2: I mean any animal that can turn its head all the way around, you got to keep an eye on. That's pretty paranormal.
1: That's true. That's true. I told you that my 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 siblings and I were attacked by an owl, right? Or no. I don't think
2: you did
1: and we were walking through like a nature preserve we were home this summer um near seattle and it oh was this was of, recent this was, was not recent like a okay. oh yeah it was kind of funny because we were walking and we heard someone scream and we had kind of looked through the trees and th- these three people were kind of like huddled together and this guy he's like he said uh, "Oh, i got my face i'm bleeding i'm bleeding and we were oh like oh God. weird and uh we realized it was an owl attack and then as we were walking kind of at the end of the trail we we're like ha 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 like what would we do if an owl attacked? We'd probably all just like drop to the ground. And then my brother was like, ah, we all like dropped to the ground. And this owl had swooped down and like with its talons, like scraped his head. Oh and my then God. it just sat there and watched us as we were like, how do we get past the owl? And we just kind of ran away.
2: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, because these owls will attack during like, I think like breeding season. They can get really aggressive.
2: Makes sense. But so, wow.
1: Yeah. It was during the yeah, day, so I I could see the owl. I didn't think it was Mothman or anything.
2: Um, right. That's still scary regardless. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was scary trying to get past it because it was just watching us. You know, it wasn't like my, my, um, we were like throwing like rocks, pine cones, trying to get it to like fly away. And it wasn't, it just sat there. It was like, this is my territory.
2: Jeez. Run human. Yeah. I mean, we, well, we talked about it. it went back when we did the Lala Chusa episode forever ago, it feels like. But there's a reason owls were always considered to be a bad omen among indigenous tribes. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because they yeah. were very aggressive. <laughs> they might they attack were scary. you. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, then it makes sense with Mothman. if like this sighting with the two couples. Like it flew after their car. Could be an owl. The only thing is
2: they did say they saw it in the road before them. And it was like seven feet tall, which is a very big owl.
1: Right. That would be a pretty big owl. Pretty big.
2: But also like there's no way to confirm it that to be true so yeah
1: no iPhones back then no dash cams
2: yeah I don't know like I said I'm a self-professed moth head I love the the story of the mothman it's just so interesting it's so unique compared to a lot of other cryptid stories
1: yeah I'm trying to think of other ones were I mean I'm sure well you just said lalachuza which I was, I was gonna say which other cryptids are considered like a harbinger of death or destruction
2: I can't think of any a lot of the other cryptids are just weird creatures yeah there's bigfoot who we really should do an episode on bigfoot because there are some really interesting theories about him it them
1: right well and it's been spotted like around the world like there's the yeti and the bottle yeah and-
2: well and some people say bigfoot is an interdimensional traveler who can travel through <laughs> camera lenses and oh. that's why it's impossible to get a photo of him
1: oh i love that that's really yeah, uh, creative. I mean, f-
2: that's what I mean. Bigfoot theories get weird. Wow. And we, we I would really love to talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds... I'm, I'm down. Let's do it.
2: But <laughs> we should. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, like you said, the Yeti. There's the Loch Ness Monster. There's the Florida Skunk Ape, oh. which is very similar to Bigfoot. There's the Loveland Frogs there's the chupacabra skinwalkers which we do have an episode on do we have one on the wendigo mm. we definitely have an article about the one we
1: have a couple of articles that have covered it i believe i think we have an article that is either on bigfoot or it's like all the different bigfoot of the world
2: all the big feet
1: all the big feet <laughs> yes <laughs>
2: yeah oh, yeah what is plural of bigfoot is it bigfoots or is it big feet Big feet. I'm looking at the, the cryptid wiki right now. There's also the one called the Bat Squatch.
1: Oh. Is that like Sasquatch but different? <laughs> With
2: bat wings.
1: Oh wow. Terrible. Yeah, half
2: bat, half Sasquatch. Sasquatch. <laughs> hmm. Uh there's the Thunderbird. There is the Yowie. Oh yeah. Uh, Yowie the, sounds familiar. The Dover Demon, werewolves, Ruguru, Ogopogo the Snallygaster. there's the puck wudgie
1: oh i love all the names yeah
2: uh yeah <laughs> cryptid names get weird yeah atlas obscura four hours ago posted something about the Snallygaster. oh about the. but yeah i just googled cryptids four hours ago atlas obscura says the unsettling legend of maryland's native cryptid the Snallygaster.
1: wow they're on top of it
2: way to go Give credit where credit's due.
1: Well, you know, the truth is out there, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> ah, the Flatwoods monster. That's another one. The sheep squatch. Oh. Holy, wow. Holy moly.
1: They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's got I think there's at least one cryptid per US state.
1: Oh, that'd be an interesting um article. What's cryptid yeah. goes to which state? Because I think Sasquatch was a- in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah,
2: there's my uh Q four pitch for next year.
1: There you go. Start thinking of them now.
2: Yeah. I know the Squonk is one, I believe, in PA. Hmm. The Squonk is my favorite. It's so pathetic.
1: Squonk? Sounds like skunk.
2: Purported to live in the hemlock forest of northern PA. Uh, It's basically just this really sad, pathetic thing that smells really bad and cries to itself all the time. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, not scary.
1: What? I mean... Is it crying to like learn victims or just like it's just sad?
2: Legend says that its skin is ill-fitting, being oh. covered with warts, and that because it is ashamed of its appearance, oh. it hides from plain sight and spends most of its time weeping. Today I learned I am the squaw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where did this legend even come from?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Late 19th century at the height of P.A.'s importance in the timber and hunting industry. The earliest written account of squonks comes from a book by William T. Cox called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods. <laughs> fearsome. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I would describe the squonk as fearsome, but Mm-mm. fearful.
1: Ah, uh, yeah.
2: So wow. Yeah, there you have it. Hey, listeners, let us know if you want us to talk about any of these other cryptids. Which ones appeal to you most? Because I love talking about cryptids, and I will talk about them endlessly.
1: There's so many to choose from; it's amazing.
2: Let me know which cryptid you identify with the most. For me, it is the squonk. <laughs> For you, it might be Bigfoot. That you know,
1: that can be our next Spotify poll.
2: Yeah, or like we could put up an article on the site, copy BuzzFeed, <laughs> <It'd> be like, <laughs> "Which cryptid <"Take>, are you?" <laughs> yeah, which cryptid are you? <laughs> Answer these fifty questions and find out. Yeah, like I said, write in at uh, podcast at all that's dot com. Let us know which cryptid you identify with or just or what you questions. thought on this episode or any questions or concerns you have or
1: Mothman sightings. People in Point Pleasant, please pen yeah. us a note.
2: Send in your Mothman photos. Yeah, if you please. live in the Point Pleasant region or possibly near Chicago
1: or maybe somewhere brand new.
2: Yeah. Russia, maybe.
1: Maybe Russia. Yeah, you can definitely do that. You can email us podcast at all is interesting or if you would feel more comfortable just describing it and leaving no paper trail you can call us at 929 526 3029 yeah calls now. from the
2: nearest toll booth
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we won't it, judge
2: yeah. or star 69 it or whatever the is a star 69 or star 67 to hide your number
1: i think it's star 69 but i'm not sure that does that even work anymore No idea. okay i would imagine no probably not but i don't know
2: yeah Feel free to hide all identifying information if you decide to write in. And if you don't want to write in, but you're interested in more of this stuff, check out allthatsinteresting.com. We have articles ranging from Wendigo to Bigfoot to the Mothman to uh, stuff on serial killers like Ted Bundy and
1: mm, so much the other stuff.
2: one. What's it? Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other one. Like, so many the Evan from. Peters. Uh, yeah. And history yeah, stuff, you, too. You, Lots of history stuff.
2: Lots of history stuff. Yeah, it's some science. Got some happy news on there as well. Today, I wrote about a tortoise who found its way home after three years. So nice, uplifting, nice Nice. and uplifting stories there. Become a member at allthitsinteresting.com slash membership and join the newsletter at allthitsinteresting.com slash sign up.
1: We also now have an exciting Instagram page for this podcast.
2: Yeah, if you don't want to join TikTok for any of the various reasons that someone might not want to join TikTok, but you're interested in the kind of content we produce, which is really just sharing clips from the podcast, but often within a visual uh, with a visual a- accompaniment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fun. I make them. They are. And fun. I put a lot of work into it. And yeah, it's really cool. Uh, so you can yeah check us out on Instagram at History Uncovered Podcast. If you are on TikTok, we are at Real History Uncovered over on TikTok as well. And give, a, give us the old five-star rating or, you know, whatever star rating you think we deserve.
1: Five stars, of course. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would yeah, prefer five. Leave, leave a nice review if you like the podcast.
2: And if you don't, shut up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should we plug what's next? I'm not really sure what it is.
2: Yeah. We have upcoming Roland Doe, the true story behind The Exorcist. You had something about people falling out of planes.
1: Yes. And that's next week is people falling out of planes and surviving most of them
2: interesting okay yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah and then yeah i believe after that is roland doe the true story behind the exorcist
1: after that's roland doe and then it's the jfk assassination
2: Ooh.
1: i'm so excited about i think Kara's gonna be back for that one
2: sweet i'll get my tinfoil hat ready
1: me too honestly for that one yeah
2: Yeah, that's a fun one
1: all right well then until next time
2: until next time